You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. It is SMU Cincinnati week, and the Mustangs have bounced back going into this game, snapping a two-game skid thanks to their 55-28 win over UCF at Ford Stadium on Saturday, a game that we'll briefly recap before getting on to all the news uh, regarding SMU Cincinnati, and we'll also be joined by Brandon Seho, friend of the podcast who covers the Bearcats up in Cincinnati to give his thoughts on the matchup as uh, SMU takes on Cincinnati at 2.30 on Saturday for senior day at Nippert Stadium uh, for the Bearcats as well. So going back to SMU, uh, UCF, Tanner Mordecai threw for 377 yards and three scores. Trey Siggers and Ulysses Bentley had uh, really strong days running the football um, with Siggers adding 93 yards on 11 carries. Bentley gained 97 yards on 14 carries. And while most of that came on a 56-yard touchdown run by Bentley, still good to see him back in action SMU did lose Danny Gray to injury on Saturday, and his status for the Cincinnati game is certainly questionable. We'll update a little bit more on that later in the podcast. But Dylan Goffney stepped up 10 receptions for 88 yards. Rasheed Rice caught a touchdown. Grant Calcaterra caught a touchdown. Reggie Robertson caught a touchdown. Um, And overall, uh, just a, a really dominant win by SMU once they got over. Uh, kind of a start that... When I was re-watching the game, I, I was a little surprised SMU went for it so early in the game on fourth and one. Uh, they turned the ball over on downs. UCF capitalizes. Before you know it, they're up 7 nothing on SMU. And it was just a day that SMU's offense wasn't going to be denied. Um, SMU and uh, UCF uh, battled. They were 14-all, 432 to go. Bentley r- rips off the 56-yard run to tie it at 14 and then from there, Trey Siggers uh, added two more touchdowns. Rasheed Rice added his. Blake Maz added a field goal. And you looked up and it was 38-14 SMU at half. So just a dominant showing by SMU's offense. Um, and uh, really, they never looked back. You know, I think that was the big thing that really impressed me. It, UCF, outside of the early going, was never a threat in this game, even when they opened uh, the second half scoring, it was only it was a 17 point lead for SMU um, and, and UCF just really had had no answers uh, for SMU offensively. Uh, the Knights uh, were held to 333 yards overall, 209 passing, 124 rushing. Um, they were six to 17 on third downs. You know, SMU just really took it to them uh, start to finish and Maybe it was the built-up uh, energy and or, or uh, frustration of, of two weeks of losing um, and having your, your conference championship hopes put on life support. But uh, SMU certainly took care of business against UCF, so you like to see that. Um, and meanwhile, uh, in Tampa, Cincinnati beat up on USF 45-28. It was 31-7 to the, for the Bearcats uh, early on in the second half. Uh, they probably didn't finish as well as you – if you wanted them to, if you're Luke Fickle, uh, the game ended up being 31-21 entering the fourth quarter. But um, Cincinnati just, you know, put its uh, put its foot down and, and won 45-28. Desmond Ritter 
went 31 of 39 for 304 yards and two touchdowns. It's kind of scary for SMU. He rushed for a season-high 65 yards for him. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is that Cincinnati is just, despite kind of having a little bit of an up-and-down slate uh, as of late, um, you know, they, they battled with Tulane. Um, they had a tough game against Tulsa at home. They won that 28-20. Uh, they had to outlast Navy on the road. Um, other than that, this is a really, really strong football team that SMU's facing. It makes sense. They're right there on the cusp of a college football playoff appearance. They beat Notre Dame on the road. They beat Indiana on the road. Uh, you know, they've really just looked the part all season. They're one of the, I, I believe, one of three teams to rank top 10 nationally in um, in total defense and total offense. Uh, they are uh, really, um, you know, just, just dominant overall. Uh, the thing about SMU going up there for this 2.30 p.m. Central kickoff is it is senior day. SMU hasn't won one of those in a minute. Uh, and Desmond Ritter is 24-0 all-time at Nippert Stadium as the starting quarterback. So SMU will have to really shake some things up on that front uh, to, uh, you know, to, to get a win that at this point would kind of be improbable uh, for SMU if, if you're following this team and the way they've played. Uh, they just haven't been able to uh, put together um, you know, many big wins and, and wins over uh, teams that are good in, in November. And this is uh, probably the biggest challenge SMU's had uh, since playing you know, Navy uh, for their senior day a couple years back. Cincinnati is just um, really stacked. You know, uh, 32 seniors on this team. That group is 41 and six uh, since uh, since arriving on campus, and you know they they don't want to lose you know their their chances at a college football playoff appearance. You know they have a chance to clinch an appearance in the AAC championship game on Saturday as well. And going back to to last year's game where SMU lost 42-13 in Dallas. I go back and I look at that game, and one, I, I will say, look, SMU went down 14-0, weren't ready, once again, out of the gates. Um, Cincinnati was in complete control of that game for the most part because of that start that Cincinnati had. But th that was a game that SMU was knocking on the door uh, late in the first half to g give themselves a chance to, to tie the game, um, and they had the snafu with the clock management uh, ugly, ugly sequence there that led to a field goal. So they go into the half down 14-10. And then from there, you see Cincinnati uh, break away um, with, with 14 unanswered in the third quarter. Um, but that wasn't until, you know, halfway through the third quarter. I give SMU's defense a lot of credit in this game. They forced uh, a punt uh, to, to lead off the second quarter. Um and then uh, SMU's offense punted, and then Cincinnati went on a long drive that ate up 5.22 of clock, and then SMU's offense went punt, interception, field goal, downs, 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 downs uh, to end the game. And it was a game that after that field goal, it was 28-13, 15-point game. Cincinnati fumbles on the next drive, and then SMU implodes in the red zone. I believe that was where... Kylan Granson had a drop. 
Um, and then Cincinnati punts it away again to SMU, go, goes three and out. Um, credit to SMU's defense. And then once again, SMU implodes in the red zone. And that was something that Sonny Dykes uh, highlighted to us uh, when talking about this game. And then Desmond Ritter scores on a 91-yard touchdown run. And from there, uh, the route was on um, to make it a 42-13 final. So there, there's a difference when you look at that score and you say, okay, um, SMU, you know, just completely sucked. And offensively, they did not capitalize by any means. I mean, they really struggled on third downs. Uh, they ran the ball for just 75 yards. Uh, they they took some penalties, six of six penalties for 60 yards. Um, and, and Shane Bouchelle threw a touchdown. But, you know, racking up 22 first downs, uh, they, they were just able to, to be in position in a way to make plays and, and to capitalize, and they just didn't. You know, that that's the thing that if you're looking for progress this year with this, with this game, SMU has to capitalize when given opportunities, and they haven't in big games uh, in the past. And that, that's something that I want to see the growth um, happen with when, when SMU goes up to Cincinnati. And we'll, we'll preview a little bit more of what the Bearcats bring. But, you know, I, I'm not going to pick SMU to win this game. I, I think that's kind of uh, just irresponsible. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. Um, but they, they are better equipped uh, to compete with the Bearcats this year. Um, and especially if Danny Gray could find a way to play. You know, he's a game breaker. Um, Dylan Goffney stepped up. Danny Gray had a boot on his ankle um, or foot at, at whatever on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So I would say it's pretty unlikely he plays. So SMU is going to need somebody to step up. Um, but, you know, th this team is better equipped to, you know, hang with Cincinnati this year. They just have to capitalize. You know, Tanner Mordecai's had a rough last three weeks, um, despite being able to, to lead that offense to that big yardage output that they had against UCF and 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 put up 55 points. Um, he's still going to have to really step up for SMU to win this game. On the flip side of things, we're going to preview the game with Brandon Sayo in just a second, but I do want to share uh, my prediction for the game. I think SMU is going to lose this one. Um, I know it's, it could kind of be a trendy pick the way Cincinnati's kind of looked, and maybe SMU puts it together, but I can't pick against the Bearcats in this one. Um, I'm, I'm going with the Bearcats winning uh, 42 uh, to 34. Um, I think they're going to take care of business. You know, SMU has a chance to cover. Um, I think in this one, I really do. Um, I think they're going to put up a fight. Um, but right now, I just can't pick up against this Bearcats team. They're finding ways to win. They've got a quarterback that's never lost. Um, at Nippert uh, and it's senior day. So until SMU kind of proves me wrong in some of these November road games, especially, um, I'm going to have to go with the Bearcats and, and a team that is really, really um, talented and, and well put together this season. So um, I'm, I'm going with the Bearcats 42-34. But now on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast, we're going to catch up with our friend Brandon Seho to get more info on the Bearcats and what to expect from them uh, in this game on Saturday. So stick with us on the Pony Stampede podcast. We'll be right back after this quick break. 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. We've got a friend of the podcast back for yet another appearance with an SMU Cincinnati game on the line, and that is WLWT sports reporter Brandon Seho covers the Bearcats up there in Cincinnati. Brandon, thanks so much for the time. Uh, It's got to be quite a fun uh, time covering the Bearcats, uh, entering senior day with a chance to uh, finish off Desmond Ritter's home record run of of 24-0, looking to go to 25-0. What's set the scene for us up there? I mean, things have got to be rolling right now for the Bearcats just overall. Yeah, it's a storybook season. I mean, it is everything that any UC fan has asked for, you know, back in 2009, Cincinnati went undefeated and it had a really good team, played a really tough schedule. And then uh, we're greeted with Tim Tebow and his final game at Florida in the sugar bowl and got, got blown out down in new Orleans. But this team is, is, is going to go down as the best team in Cincinnati football history. I think, I mean, they have the talent, they have NFL talent. They've got the big win at Notre Dame. Uh, it is college game day was here two weeks ago. I mean, this is the biggest season for the Bearcats football program they've ever had. So it's, it's riding high. Uh, things haven't been as smooth the last three or four weeks, but that happens in a season where, uh, you're chasing perfection. You've had your big wins early in the year. Now this SMU game, I mean, I think this is their toughest game. It is their toughest game since that Notre Dame win back in early October. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they step up to the challenge, but I mean, they're playing with confidence. The fan base is rocking nipper on, on Saturday afternoon is going to be a fun, fun place to be. Yeah. Run that back for us the last few weeks. You kind of mentioned it and it kind of began with that, those two road games at Navy at Tulane, then Tulsa, and then they hit USF. Uh, they were up 31 seven at the half uh, against USF. That game was clearly in complete control, but it seems like, like you kind of said, it hasn't been smooth. What's kind of been some of those rocky waters that, that you're talking about with those last four games? You know, Luke Fickle talked to us about what keeps them up at night is just not being able to close out that fourth quarter. And once they give up a big play, 
which is something that could happen this week against SMU and Mordecai is once they give up a big play is sometimes they get a little distracted and they don't just move to the next play on defense, but this is a very mature group and they've been able to close out games. These aren't, there's never been a game where in, in those four games, it started, like you said, it started Navy at Navy at Tulane and then Tulsa here and then at uh, USF last week, there was never a point in those games where you thought the team was going to lose but there were moments where it got it got a little rocky, a little nervous, and, and some of the parts they weren't as convincing wins as say, you know, Temple and UCF, and they just blew the doors off them right after that Notre Dame win. So it's been uh, just letting teams kind of hang around. It's been and SMU is a much better team than who they played, but they seem to play either sometimes they play down or they play up to the competition. You know, Notre Dame. They were up 17 to nothing at halftime in South Bend and won that game by double digits. So, and, but then you, you go down to, to Tulane and it's a, it's a close game going to the fourth quarter. They end up pulling away 31 to 12, but it's just been not being able to have that, that killer instinct to close it out at the end of games. But, you know, there's wear and tear of the season. There's, there's the pressure. I mean, this is not something they're used to being on, you know, ESPN every day and college game day every day and the playoff show. And I mean, they're, they're one of the top, I mean, they've been number two or three in the country for over a month now before the, before the college football playoff rankings come out. So it's uh, it's new territory. I think they're trying to figure out how to deal with that, but uh, coach Fickle's confident they'll be all right. And I think they will too. It's just been weird. These, some of these games like UCF or the USF game in Tampa, like you said, they went up 31, seven, and then there's a couple defensive lapses and they have a good young quarterback down there and some speed on the outside. So, but they shouldn't be doing it against a Cincinnati defense. That's supposed to be one of the best in the country. And that's one of that's the most points they gave up all season is 28. So uh, I think they'll be hungry to bounce back, especially when they got a guy that can throw it around, I guess, a music quarterback. Does it, does it all kind of start offensively with, with Desmond Ritter? I mean, he's, is he, when he's at his best, I mean, they're, they're obviously rolling on, on offense. Yeah, I think so. It, um, the, the, the biggest thing for, for Cincinnati's offense is that first drive is just to get that first, first down. And then they run tempo and it is hard to stop them. As soon as they get one first down and they get that, it's like an instant confidence to just get the ball rolling and they can just push it down the field. And that's how it is on any drive with them. But just to start the game like that, uh, I think is big because it gives them, it gives Dez the the confidence and the momentum, just just throw it around. And another thing is when you got a running back like Jerome Ford, I mean, you can hand the ball off to him. They got three or four backs that had to play the last couple weeks, you know, rotating in because Jerome's uh, been hurt. But, I think he'll be ready to go for this weekend, and that's a good thing for the Cincinnati offense. But, I mean, they got speed and, and size at receiver. Alec Pierce is their big threat guy on the outside, and then Trey Tucker is your speedster. I mean, they've got dudes that can make make big plays. But, like you said, it all starts with with Ritter. I mean, that, that kid is special. He's, I think, 31-5 and five as a starter or 32. I mean, it is – they just keeps getting better each week, obviously, since they're 10 and 0. But I mean, since he took over at quarterback, he's grown and matured. And you've seen it over the years playing SMU. And last year's SMU game was the breakout game for Desmond Ritter. And that was, you know, kind of his coming out party as, all right, this kid can actually be a quarterback 
that can lead a team to maybe a college football playoff and play in the NFL next year. Yeah, and he's helped uh, offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock uh, land as a uh, Royals Award um, uh, nominee this season. And uh, defensively, they have you know Mike Tressel taking over that defense this season from Marcus Freeman, who, uh, funny enough, left for Notre Dame in the offseason and, and Cincinnati beats Notre Dame. What what have you seen defensively? The you know the changes on defense and and obviously they're still top ten in the country. Uh, they're doing it with with a new play caller. What what are some of the the changes that you've seen defensively though? You know they've looked really like the same defense that they've been under Coach Fickle and Freeman. And you know I think Fick, you know Fick has his hand on that defense. Um, I think, you know, he's a defensive guy, you know, played, played at Ohio state up front and that's, and him and Marcus are really close and they work together on that, um, on that unit, but it's looked really, really similar to the identity they've had the last couple of years. And that's because they're a veteran team and they have a lot of really good guys. I mean, that secondary is one of, I don't know if I can say the best, but it's one of the best, if not the best in the country, uh, especially with your cornerbacks. I mean, you have Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, who are two of the, what is it, nine, ten finalists for the Jim Thorpe Award for best, you know, best DBs in the country. You have two of them on the same team. So uh, that defense is is really, really good when they're at their best. And they've shown they, they can be a little vulnerable to a couple big plays, but not much this season. But he starts in the back end, you know, with those guys. They're the big names, but then – up front, you got a guy like MyJ Sanders, who's going to be a first-day NFL pick on the on the edge. I mean, he's one of the best defensive ends in the country. And their linebackers, um, you know, Darian Beavers is a kid that stayed for you know a long time. He's a local kid out of Coleraine High School, one of the powerhouses here in Cincinnati, and he leads that unit. But they just got they just have dudes at every level, and they're also really deep. Like they have a lot of depth, and I think that's what that's what makes them them dangerous. And, and you look back at the Notre Dame game and I mean, I know Georgia had, you know, some guys out, but those are still sec guys and they're the team that's played Georgia close in the last year. And it's because they have all that depth on defense and most of that defense is back. So that's why this team plays so confident is when you have a defense, like it's like, I think I asked uh, Luke early in the season after that Notre Dame win, when they jumped up to the top five, I said, do you feel like you honestly have, you've been places, you've been at Ohio state for a long time. You know what uh, one of the best teams in the country looks like. Do you feel like you have one of the best teams in the country? And he said, yes, you know, it's, there's guys on, you know, both sides of the ball that are going to play on Sundays. There's where we play complimentary football. I mean, all three phases, they're really, really good. And I think that's, um, that's one of the, that's one of the big reasons why they're winning because, Dez can have a tip ball interception that you throw that defense out there and they can, my Jay can sack you and then they can be a pick six or a three and out. Thanks to the linebackers and DBs. And it just gets rolling. Uh, I'll leave you, leave you uh, with this opportunity to make a game pick, Brandon. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Bearcats favored by 11. Uh, last I looked, um, do they get it done on, on senior day and, and uh, clinch their spot in the AAC championship game? I think the Bearcats get the win. Uh, I think it is going to be fun in the first quarter, maybe first half, because Mordecai is going to test them. And it's going to be fun to see if they try to test Sauce, because no one throws at Sauce ever, um, and, and kind of what SMU comes out to do. I think Cincinnati gets the win. 
I think it's close in the first half. I think it's, oh man, I, I hate doing scores. I'm going to go maybe like a 42 to 42 to 24. That okay. I, you know, I, I think that's kind of the ballpark I'd go in and I, I'm sure I'm stealing your score somewhere around your ballpark. No, you're, 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 you were close. You were close. 42, 34 is what I picked. Um, it's funny enough. If this spread moves, uh, to 11 and a half, the Bearcats then move to three and five this season, uh, when favored by an 11, 11 and a half or more. Um, I don't know what it is if they're favored by 11, uh, but they, uh, are, uh, Four, uh, they're three and one at the spread when they get up over 407 yards per game, which I could see happening against this SMU defense. Uh, still, um, I, I think the Bearcats win 42 34. Maybe a late SMU score uh, allows them to cover uh, the spread. But, but you know, this is one where the Bearcats have a chance, even though SMU is not in the top 25, to, to put another quality win on their resume. Um, they probably wish that SMU wouldn't have dropped those two straight. They did, but. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Bearcats, uh, you know, moved to uh, 11 and 0 on uh, on the season. And and just remember, um, I just want all the Tony Stampede podcast listeners to know that you have been to Cincinnati and you liked Skyline Chili. That's the most <laughs> important thing. That's the most important thing you'll hear on this podcast. It, it, it wasn't bad at all. Wasn't bad at all. Uh, I like Thank the, you. where, where do we go for a uh, barbecue chart? Not chart house. Uh, uh, Oh, we went to, uh, there's Montgomery Inn is the famous ribs. And then we went to smoke justice for the yeah. barbecue. Yep. So some, some ads being tossed out on the podcast, uh, as well today by, uh, by Brandon. So there we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, if anyone's in town, tweet me, tweet yeah, me yeah. Or have me at the game. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon loves a post game beer. So, uh, Feel yeah. free to buy him one uh, after <laughs> four, he's done. Five. Yeah, <laughs> he's cheap. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but all right. Well, Brandon, thanks so much for jumping on the pod. We'll we'll talk to you again uh, without a doubt during basketball season when uh, the Bearcats and Mustangs get together on the hardwood. Sounds good. Thanks, Billy. All right. Catch you next time, and catch all of you Pony Stampede podcast listeners next time. Feel free to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast. We will catch you guys with post-game reaction from SMU's road trip up to Cincinnati. Hope everyone has a good weekend, and thanks for listening. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.